0: Hi, I'm Dan Lukasic. Today's guest is Mackenzie Monaco, a founding partner and litigator at Monaco, Cooper, Lammy and Carr, headquartered in Albany, New York. She's a graduate of Albany Law School from which she graduated summa cum laude in 2004. Welcome to the show, Mackenzie. Thanks, Dan. I wanna start out with the, the, the first question, which is, um, I want to talk about how it came to be that you know you formed a law firm with a a focus on well-being, a focus on well-being? Can you tell us about that?
1: Sure. Um, we started me and three of my partners started our firm in January of 2020. Um, so right before the pandemic hit. Um, for those watching it or listening at home, you may be aware that in March of 2020, the world kind of hit a stop, and so to be fair, initially, I wouldn't say that we were a well-being focused firm, but we were absolutely focused on our team and on continuing the relationships with our team when we were all scattered to the wind working from home. Um, and that was something I was fier- fiercely protective of. Um, we went, uh, you know, the work continues. The work always continues. That's, that's, You know, it's as good as death and taxes, right? We, the work is there and people were doing good work and they were doing good work from home, but we, it was important to me that these people felt, especially with the new firm connected and not alone and supported, um, by the management of, of our firm. So we started weekly calls, um, whole team calls, um, that we did every Friday, Um, they were a a continuation of what we had been doing in the office before the pandemic hit, um, all getting together on Friday afternoon, um, and, and just chatting about what's going on on the weekend. What's the crazy case you had this week? You know, big, really big groups, small groups. Uh, We have a dartboard. We circle around the dartboard. We have a pool table. We circle on the pool table and just connect. And, um, when we went home, it was important that we, that we kept that up. Um, and so I think it was, hopefully would have gotten there anyways, but it really forged us, the pandemic really forged us um, as focusing on keeping people um, engaged and in, in a part of our team. Um, so I, I guess that's a long answer to a short question is, you know, how did we start? We started because we had to um, and, and made yeah. it,
0: it prioritized that, you know. Yeah, well, that leads me into the second part of the, this question, really. Tell me what led up to you forming your new firm in 2020. Uh, what was it about your prior firm uh, that led you and others to, to make this big decision, a good decision?
1: Sure. Um, you know, here's the truth. I had 15 years at my prior firm, and they were good years. They, 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 were, they were not bad people. They were good people doing good work. But it was big. And it meant it was very difficult for change to, to, to be fully implemented. Best intentions, just difficult for that. Um, and so the three of us who had been at that firm joined with um, a partner from another firm, kind of with joint goals. We all had families. We all have kids that are active and are uh, involved in in school activities and outside school activities. And we all have interests outside of the practice of law. And kind of we were joined in that value system that um, that made sense for us to to partner. Um, And so, you know, that was that was the genesis of us getting started is a kind of that joint value. We had seen it was difficult to turn you know, to turn the Titanic around, you always hear that, right? Um, But it it was, you know, if we wanted to engage with the community um, activity or to involve ourselves with an activity or to partner with a a community member, at the old firm, it just took a lot of time. There were committees and now we can just do it. When we wanna support the Gilderland Library, we just do it. When we we want to, um, when the schools are opening and we wanna value our local teachers, we put something out on our social media. Share your your wish list with us, and we'll see what we can do. And we contributed to all of these teacher wish lists um, because we value our teachers, and they're doing good work, and they're molding our kids. Our kids are in their schools, you know. So it's it was it's symbiotic in that way. Um, but we couldn't we couldn't engage in that same manner in the larger firm. It just wasn't it wasn't possible.
0: So what I'd like to do now, and, and thanks for that answer, you know, we talked about your prior firm, your current firm and all the good things you're doing, the great lawyering and uh, also with some focus on well-being. Given what you've experienced, you've been a lawyer uh, 17 years now, or you're approaching that 20-year-old. How year does month. that
1: happen, Dan? How did those oh my years God. pass? What What happens?
0: It's truly something as we age, it's surreal. Time becomes quicker as we age. I just turned 60. So uh, believe me, I get it. I think <laughs> what, what I think you might, I think it'd be interesting to turn the attention to, you know, what is your view or perspective from 30,000 feet? Uh, where do you see things going in the legal profession as a whole? Are things getting better when it comes to mental health, getting worse? What do you see?
1: I think as well. Look, first of all, I'm in this profession because I love it. I love this profession, and sometimes the hardest thing is to be critical of something that you love, Great right? Point. That's 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 difficult. Um, but I think the first step is really to to say it's okay that everything isn't okay, and um, but the fact that in a podcast, frankly, that you, like yours exists, proves that people like you and, you know, to the the support that you've gotten from the New York State Bar Association and from the court system and just putting a priority on awareness that mental health matters um, is important. So I think that that draws the uh, spotlight um, and awareness is the start, but it is just a start, Um, you know, there in order for there to be true change. It's got to, you know, it's got to be top down. And so it starts at the courts and it starts with the managing partners and it starts with the people who make the decisions to make it a priority. Um, so I think there are, that change is coming and it's, it's in process, but we've got, we've got room to grow
0: um, on that. I, th- I think that's so true. And I'd like to touch upon this issue about it begins at the top you know after my really 20 years of doing this uh you know over time i came to recognize the limitations there's a lot of, uh, it's very important but the limitations of managing one's own uh stress anxiety depression burnout whatever it might be and we have to take responsibility for ourselves and make it a priority however that being said if we work uh, in a law firm uh, or any organization for that matter, fifty hours a week, and it's not a place conducive to good mental health, good mental well-being, you know that's where the rubber meets the road because uh, people are not going to thrive, people are not going to be well, and people can sometimes get sick if they if they walk into these kind of environments. Is that your 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 sense of things?
1: absolutely. I think there's two parts to that, right? There is the prevention of the development of a, of, of, of a mental health illness condition. And then it's, it's dealing with one when they're present or when one has presented itself, right? So prevention, you can, you can have um, systems in place to try to support folks. And like you said, to be supportive of solid and good mental health. Um, but then there is the, okay, now somebody isn't there. They're not in that good mental health space. They have, what are you going to do now? And that's, that comes down to really like treating it from a, from a management perspective, treating each lawyer as a whole, each and each professional in our office, not just the lawyers as a whole, we get them for the bulk of their waking hours, frankly, right. They're in our office, you know, but we're only a, that's only a small part of who they are. And so understanding that, the, understanding that, recognizing that, and that's the way it should be, we should not be the entirety of their life because that, that doesn't lead to good longevity and mental health. Right. Um, so supporting the fact that they do have life outside of this office and when things are not great, we shouldn't, you know, to the extent it's appropriate for us to know and to support, um, we, we need to do that, um, And so, you know, we, part of doing what I do is just understanding what you can control and what you can't. Um, And what I can control is how my office feels when you're here, what the expectations are when you're here, and then recognizing that when you're not here, you have a life outside of this. Um,
0: That's a great holistic vision. And I think it reflects reality uh -hmm. what it takes to 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 be a healthy person and have a healthy workplace i i was uh, when i started out the last question Mackenzie. i was talking about the limitations of uh self-management self-help very very important but if it smacks up against an organization who doesn't support that there can be trouble Mm -hmm. just like there's limitations what an organization can do a law firm because uh you know you can lead a horse to water but if they don't drink uh that's the limitation uh, of a firm a law firm in trying to create this healthy environment so you you said it best you can control what you control and uh beyond that there's not it's up to other factors in a person's life whether it be their family a therapist themselves Mm -hmm. sure sure when you went to start your, oh, I didn't want to interrupt you. Did you have a thought? No, 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 go ahead. No. Okay. Uh, When you went to start your firm in 2020, were there any, like, I guess you could say barriers to it? Were there naysayers who said you shouldn't do this or who maybe said, yeah, you know, well-being doesn't, it's not so important or anything like that? Or did you receive encouragement on that point?
1: No, I definitely think within my firm, there were no naysayers, right? I think for those of us living it, we understood that, that we were seeing the benefits of it. We were seeing a, a dedicated and encouraging staff from literally the bottom up the, you know, we had, um, when we were able to come back to the office, um, in, in June of 2020, when our office was able to come to open and have everyone back. Our one of our least senior people sent around a a, you know a meme to everyone saying tough times don't last tough teams do, and the fact that she felt such a part of our team that she first of all shared it with the entire firm right Um, and was basically like glad to be back team and that was very rewarding for me um, in in the in the management of the firm to to have that somebody feel such a uh, a fabric, you know, in the fabric of who we are, um, and to be such a, it, she is an integral member of the team, despite the fact their name's not on the door or she's not appearing, in, it didn't matter. It doesn't matter. Um, you know, we have, we have professionals at every level. Um, and I and, think that
0: I think that that speaks to this. You know, you mentioned engagement earlier. There's many different ways to say the same thing. I guess one of them is connectedness. Uh, people want to feel part of something. Yes. And I think to the degree they're not at a law firm setting, they, they feel lonely, alienated. Uh, you know, they're not as productive and health, healthy. Is that what you've noticed?
1: Absolutely. One of the, you know, I made mention earlier of our uh, weekly calls during the pandemic. So I kept uh, throwing out these questions that were kind of the, the conversation starters for our Zoom calls. And it would be, you know, what was your first concert? Or if you were going to have a dinner party, who, what five guests would you invite? But one of the ones that um, we, I did was I asked everyone in, in secret to give me their favorite movie, TV show and band. And so on the sly, I ordered prints, (laughs) one print for each person. Okay. So then I laid them out and I did a video and we did a who's is who, you know, who's is who on it. But what I did with those prints, Dan, is that everyone signed the back with their start date and we have a wall of our team up in our room. So when you said to be part of it, they are literally part of the wall. And we had somebody retire and she made a comment like, are you going to take me down? I'm like, absolutely not. You are part of the fiber of this firm. And so you remain on the wall and we had the law clerk start. She's got a West Wing quote up. We have a new lawyer. He's coming up. So, you know, uh, my, my hope is that when I retire from this firm, um, that I've got these things all throughout the, the walls yeah. of this is who this team this is who we are, um, you
0: know. And this is our firm's history. This is and w- it. And what may the people that are really to be given credit beyond the, the partners or the lawyers, the whole team is to be given credit.
1: Because so, they're, they're as critical to our success um, as the people who are, like I said, whose
0: names are on the door. Absolutely. Um, Mackenzie, what well-being activities, and you've mentioned one that I thought that was an excellent, really, and colorful example. I like that a lot. What well-being activities or policies do you currently have at the firm? Just, can you share just a couple with us?
1: Absolutely. Um, so, part of um, my approach is is learning. I'm a talker, Dan. You may not have picked that up. Um, no, <laughs> <but> no. <laughs> is to quote my one of my favorite musicals, Hamilton. Right, to talk less and smile more. But to listen, the point is listen, and you sometimes you got to listen for what's being said and for what is not being said. Um, and I had the benefit of being um, on the hiring committee at my old firm and part of of some of the the associate uh, development um, committees and plans. So I knew that some of the struggles that the associates had. I was an associate. I came up through that, you know, so I understood some of the struggles and. One of the things that I found at my old firm that was the biggest one of the biggest hurdles was having a very high billable hour requirement. So keeping that, that pressure on that sometimes it was almost unattainable just was demoralizing. It made people feel like they could not achieve the basic expectation. But the expectation was born out of, out of an outdated model of billing and we just didn't bring it forward in the way we should have. So when we started this firm, we were able to like everything, like, you know, I would say this firm started from staple one, right? I started from like the bait, the beginning. Uh, so you get to make every decision. Well, from the beginning, we decided that we were going to have a very reasonable billable hour expectation. Um, and that that was going to be something that we set that would be achievable, that would be achievable while maintaining a work-life balance, that would be achievable while also engaging in other professional development, like, uh, you know, business development. If you want to be involved in community activities, of course, there are CLEs you have to do. That all has to happen, you know, and we expect that that's going to happen within a workday. So there has to, something has to give, um, and the irony is we are getting more production out of our associates raw numbers with a lower billable hour requirement than we did with our associates at the old firm with a higher billable hour. So it, it was like, just give them a chance to succeed and they'll want to. They yeah, do. They do. And
0: I think that's human nature and especially for people who go to law school, want to be lawyers. And I think I, I want to press this point for a second you yeah. know you just said that and it's a great point about how you know you, the, your f- lawyers at your firm you're giving them realistic uh, uh bill bowers to shoot for and they're accomplishing as much or more than your your previous firm with much higher bill bowers i tend to think um sometimes when i think of this it that is a reflection of the limitations of just being a human being not in a negative way but that's why we need work-life balance. That's why we need uh, you know a, a, a holistic look at this. Because if we go too far beyond what's realistic for billable hours, I think uh, uh, you know productivity goes down. Your ability to get your work done goes down. There's just you know you cannot you know human beings. Lawyers are not machines. You know, so I, I thought that was a great point
1: we, I remember when I was an associate, if you left, you, you knew what your daily work, you know, you've got an annual budget, but you, that gets divvied down and you know, you got to do however many hours in a day. And I knew if I left the office because I had to, I have two kids, you know, I've got, I've got things that are going on and I was in a deficit. It was as if I carried those hours on my back when I left.
0: It's so true.
1: just weighs you down when you feel like you've done what you needed to do and maybe you didn't get your you know everyone's got a to-do list a long to-do list it's working on but it means so you're not maybe not getting to the bottom of your to-do list but if you know that one of the expectations is meeting a certain billable hour requirement and you've met it you feel a lot lighter leaving and that's bleeds into the rest of your life
0: it's totally Ah. true. You know, I think of myself, I was a civil litigator uh, for many years. And that sense of what is enough, uh, you know, is uh, something most lawyers struggle with. Many lawyers do. When to leave it alone and not take it home with you. Uh, I've had, you know, I've worked all, you know, you have too, many weekends. I've canceled vacations, on and on. And I think, you know. I think for the first time, the legal profession is taking a pause and saying, what's healthy here? What's realistic here? Let's take a fresh look at this. Um, one thing I think would be interesting for people to know is what feedback have you received uh, from your lawyers and staff on your overall wellness uh, program? Do you find it's working? I,
1: I, I absolutely do. Um, I, and I think it, it's working for our associates. They are I believe happy or as happy as you're going to be, um, working in, in this, this gig. Right. Um, but if we're just going to be Machiavellian about it, and we're just going to, if I'm going to talk to the business owners out there, like we've never been as successful financially. So, so if you think reducing those billable hours are going to lead to less money in the door, it for us. It has not borne out that way. And that's a huge so,
0: point. That's a huge point, Mackenzie, because I think in the national task force on well wellbeing, they said, you know, we should make these changes in the profession because it's the right thing to do. Sure. But also it's financially, and many firm leaders might not think of it uh, this way, but financially it makes good business. And you you have found that in your own um, firm.
1: Absolutely. I, I mean, with to a person even if you're going to break it down on an individual level um, you know, it has, it has, we have seen success and Mm -hmm. we started with, it's the right thing to do. We ended with man that also paid off.
0: Um, Thank God you have faith in that principle. It's the right thing to do. And it led to a good financial business decision for your firm. I -hmm. wanted to close or end with this last question. Uh, what suggestions would you have to law firms who want to incorporate more of a well-being focus? So, I, I'm often asked by firm leaders, HR, where do we even begin? Uh, you know, uh, what what are a couple ideas um, that you could let them know that um, that would help them?
1: I think the, at least in in my experience, what I have found is that you have to let go of the past. So many times I heard, well, that's the way it was when I was coming up. That's the way it is. That's the way. And and if you drill even just beyond the surface as to why the answer always is because it always has been. And it like, we're not pledging a fraternity All right, this is not something that, you know, when you say pay it forward, that's supposed to be good things, not bad things. Like that's an initiative that's meant to be positive, not look, I suffered and toiled, so you too must suffer and toil. Because ultimately who cares about what happened to you? Was it enjoyable? Did it make you a better lawyer? Did you, was your spouse happy? Would your kids wanna go into that profession? I'll tell you Dan I, when I started my firm it took a lot of hours right a lot of hours a lot of non-billable hours um and I have two kids and I worried that that time was going to um sully this field for them right mom's away so now I don't like but my daughter's 12 and she wants to be a lawyer And to me, that's so rewarding because not because this, this field is something I love, I do love it, but whatever she wants to be, she'll be, but that, that she doesn't look at it as a bad thing because it, she, it took me away from her. She's, you know what I mean? Yes. Um, And so, you know, when I go back to what was in the past, it should stay in the past. You know, if you could go back, would you want, would you want this for your kids? If your kid was coming in, is that something you'd want for them? No. No. So if you, so if you wouldn't want it for them, why do you want it for your young lawyers coming in or coming up? You know, there are ways to learn that don't involve, um, the, uh, the, uh, fraternity hazing approach
0: to this. Well, yeah, uh, in some way it's some form of, uh, you know people might not like this but it can be somewhat for a form of uh, punishment or sternness or uh it it's definitely more the stick than the carrot yeah. kind of approach yep. let's say it that way it's not that yep. draconian but something right. like that it's fair to say
1: absolutely mm-hmm. and it, and you know this work i'm i'm a civil litigator as well right so the work um does demand um, and a, you know, a certain amount of time and effort. Um, and some of those pressures are outside of our control. The courts, for example, or our clients' expectations. But the ones that are within our control, we need to control. And we need to understand that if we can lighten the pressure, if we can be a release valve for the people who are feeling those pressure you know, from, from outside sources, going to build loyalty you're going to build dedication you know and and you'll have happier and more um engaged staff so again back to the benefits there's just it's makes sense
0: yeah it it certainly does those were really great insights and that's all the time uh we have today but i want to thank mackenzie monaco again for talking to us today i'm dan lucasic Join us next time for another interesting interview on mental health in the legal profession.